a matter of logistics than actual intro. This is another two-part split edition that was going to be a full eight-team Saturday edition until I saw three afternoon Central Division games with only three teams in action tonight, Friday, and the other five with games between Tuesday and Thursday to get back into action Saturday. I've split the teams into four to get the three Saturday afternoon teams up to date on Friday for their next game Saturday and the remaining four on Saturday morning afternoon prior to potentially playing Saturday night. That is if it works out to plan. The Central Division's top two teams and bottom two teams, point percentage-wise, are in this first part as St. Louis, Chicago, and Arizona play Saturday afternoon games. As Colorado played Arizona head-to-head, and we're covering that game in this podcast, they were also put into this first part. Nashville could have been, I guess, the other option. However, holding them to the second part has the division's third place through sixth place teams altogether and from an interest level for the playoffs those four positionally kept together seems ideal that will lead to the podcast on march the 8th that i'm dubbing super tuesday as that night all eight central division teams play this part of the pod colorado st louis chicago and arizona are covered the high and the low divisionally welcome to central division hockey the podcast i'm your nhl outsider tim bickle Remember when Colorado's 10-game unbeaten streak and Colorado's 18-game home win streak ended to start February by Arizona? I don't mind if it's not on your mind. And in the team's final meeting, the modest four-game Colorado win streak they were on, by comparison, is also ended by Arizona in March. The NHL first place versus NHL worst place division game didn't end how Colorado wanted for some good foreshadowing. And in the team's last meeting, well, there's some bad blood for next year because clearly one isn't making the playoffs for there to be a potential playoff matchup before that surprise tilt tuesday notably colorado defenseman jack johnson played his a thousandth nhl game when colorado played the new york islanders Double J's NHL career started in LA, four and a half seasons, Columbus, six and a half seasons, Pittsburgh, two seasons, and last year in limited play with the New York Rangers. That was 50 games played in Colorado this year. After signing as a free agent on a player tryout, he reaches the milestone game total. Colorado ended its win streak to four with a 5-3 home win over the Isles Tuesday. Colorado goal Nathan McKinnon, 323 in open scoring from the high slot blocker side. Three seconds past the first period midpoint, New York Islander goal. Point Rister threw a screen off Colorado defenseman Kale McCarr short side. Six seconds after, an Isles power play expired. Just over five minutes left, Colorado's McKinnon stopped on a wraparound try. Colorado gave Alandeskog in the paint on the next rush stop by New York Islander goalie Ilya Sorokin with a blocker save. 3.54 into the second. Fourth line starts offensive zone cycle for Colorado and Colorado get a line change and Devon Taves gets a goal put roof blocker from the inner hash marks 
45 seconds after New York Islander goal. One-timer far side shelf on Colorado goalie Darcy Kemper off the forecheck. Kemper denies New York Islanders Kyle Palmieri in tight, 7.29 into the middle frame. Palmieri with 7.37 left in a second scores on a point shot rebound after two failed defensive zone Colorado clear attempts. 3-2 New York Islanders through two. 4.43 into the third Colorado power play goal line to Skog from below the goal line on a missed shot on goal. He banks it off New York Islander goalie Sorokin and in. 8-12 left in regulation. New York's lesser known Sebastian Ajo hits the short side post. Puck goes off Colorado goalie Kemper and rolls along the goal line and Colorado defenseman Ryan Murray clears it off the goal line. Play is reviewed but the call on the ice of no goal stands. A minute later Colorado goal Andre Burakovsky just inside the circle. Five hole off New York Islander defenseman Andy Green. 2.50 left a two on one keep. Colorado's Burakovsky stopped after a Colorado power play. 158 to go in regulation. New York Islanders Jean-Gabriel Pajot makes a save on a shot on goal potentially also tipped by Kiefer Bellows. Colorado goalie Kemper makes a pad save on a net front tip by the Isles Brock Nelson and Colorado get an empty net goal from Eric Johnson from Colorado's defensive zone with 43 seconds left. Colorado had a good first and some timely goal scoring that often was after Colorado goalie Kemper made a big stop including in the third period although Colorado did put together a dominant third with the 21-10 shot on goal advantage to be 43-31 shot on goal for the game. Simply Kemper needed to come up big to help Colorado get the win even though the Isles goalie Sorokin faced more shots as Colorado made the third period comeback to win. The New York Islanders point total leader Matt Barzell missed the game due to a lower body injury. That is especially more impactful on a team that has limited goal scoring threats. Colorado forward Valerie Nishnushkin upper body did not play of Colorado notables. The resulting win for Colorado didn't surprise me how good Kemper was I feel was probably the most impressive part of it because Colorado had times lapses in front of him that he needed to be good and otherwise given Barzell's absence I was just mostly impressed the Isles made this as close of a game as it was. If I'm saying that, Colorado should have played better than they did even in winning. Colorado was upset in a 2-1 road loss in Arizona Thursday. 21 seconds in, Arizona's Christian Fisher stopped point blank by Colorado goalie Pavel Fransos. 7.37 and at 7.57 in, Arizona goalie Karel Vamelka stops first. JT Comfort then Nathan McKinnon on separate two-on-one keeps in a goalless opening 20. 5.48 into the second Colorado goal, Devin Tate Far side wrister gets past Arizona goalie Vimelka off an offensive zone faceoff after an Arizona icing. 146 to the game's midpoint. Arizona goalie Vimelka makes a five hole save on Colorado McKinnon's breakaway. 149 left in the second Arizona goal. Louis Erickson as the puck gets through cross crease where Erickson waits and puts it to the far side back to the open spot. Colorado goalie Francois leaves open as he slides across to cover the short side. One all through two. A minute into the third, Colorado's Gabe Landisog hits the short side post on a power play. 3.31 in. Colorado goalie Francois stops Arizona's Phil Kessel on a two-on-one keep. 5.27 into the final stanza. Arizona goal. Nick Schmaltz puts away a backhand tuck off the rush, getting the corner to drive the net. 8.01 left after a Colorado defensive zone turnover at their blue line. Colorado goalie Francois makes a glove save on Arizona's Jacob Chikrin on a three-on-two that developed. 3.27 left. 
left. Arizona Schmaltz off the rush, zings a shot off the crossbar after Colorado goalie Francois gets a piece of his glove on it to keep it out. With nine seconds left, playing six on five for Colorado and an offensive zone faceoff, Arizona's Dyson Mayo gets a high stick on Colorado's McKinnon off the draw that once cut, McKinnon grabs Mayo more than his dislike for carbs to exact his own pound of retribution. Meanwhile, Colorado's Landeskog in the commotion two-hand cross-checks Arizona defensive Jacob Chikrin net front, and Chikrin decides to answer that in another fisticuffs, and whether they got the penalties right after all the HE double hockey sticks broke loose, you realize there's four seconds left in regulation. None of those players were on the ice, and the last place NHL Arizona end up holding on to steal a win over first place NHL Colorado. If you're a Colorado fan, Doubtful rookie Arizona defenseman Mayo 25 and his 45 NHL games played is on your mind, even on your radar. He certainly doesn't have a reputation for being dirty as much as any young player could possibly have one for not playing enough to have earned it yet, if he were. What we can say is the skilled top-end Colorado players are showing give-a-shit, but also walking a dangerous line by doing so. Let's say McKinnon is giving the competition a potential advantage with this demonstrated short fuse and his need to officiate every play against him on his own then let the officials do it. And who cares about this throwaway game versus Arizona in of itself? What Colorado fans should care about is having their star players in the games when they are important. And now a lot of teams know McKinnon can be pushed to wanting to fight instead of score. And his value as a goal scorer has greater value. It's why Curtis McDermott was signed in the offseason. And for the 43 Colorado shot on goal, and they couldn't even enter the offensive zone onside early in the first period multiple times, and every team outshoots Arizona by a 2-1 to ratio practically every game, I hardly felt Arizona goalie Vimelka stole this game. I mostly watched the NHL's best team play down to Arizona and then let them win, almost thinking they could just pour it on in the final 20, and Colorado would go on the their merry way to have Arizona with in the third the better actual scoring chances of the high danger ones and the game winning goal in the third in fewer opportunities. By the way, I don't think Mayo intentionally high sticks McKinnon, but I did notice he played the superstar tight all game and McKinnon was starting to show his dislike for it. And if you thought that was dirty just because of blood, you're entitled to your opinion. Here's mine. The cross check by Landy on Chikrin was the unnecessary, dirtier play, and I guess Chikrin took the same approach as McKinnon did to address it. Chikrin also doesn't have to worry about his team competing to even make the playoffs if he were to miss some games. The two points decided won't change which of the teams is the NHL's top team and a cup contender and which is the last place draft lottery one, but for six minutes if you had never watched an NHL game this year prior what you might not be able to tell is what team was the cup contender NHL's first top team and which one was the draft lottery last place one and if that isn't a wake-up call for Colorado I'm not sure what it'll take Colorado was without defensive forward stalwart Valerie Nishnushkin again upper body day-to-day who has missed the last two games Colorado 55 games played 40-11-4 record 84 points first in the central 764 points percentage still first in the nhl streak losers of one goal differential plus 64 saturday colorado 
Colorado hosts Pacific Division leading Calgary, who have vaulted to second in points percentage in the Western Conference. Colorado needs to play with speed and not get into a less skill-driven game like they did in Arizona because that's how Calgary will want to play because they are built to do it. Calgary also does have high-end skill, more so than, of course, Arizona, as a first-place divisional team should. And to me, identity aside, it's to say Calgary does play a physical and defensive-style strong game. They also have good goaltending. And Colorado needs to have just as good goaltending to determine who actually wins. If Colorado comes out flying and uses their speed and gets to Calgary goalie Jacob Markstrom, they should win. If they play the way they have the last two games, I'd be surprised if Calgary didn't win in the NHL's Saturday nightcap game with, well, everyone who follows hockey watching at least part of this marquee game while it's the last game and only one on. Colorado embark on a three-game road trip beginning Monday afterward versus the New York Islanders. That will be included in the next podcast of that game when all the teams play on the Super Tuesday, the day that pod will come out. And that includes Colorado who play New Jersey on back-to-back. It's been a while since St. Louis played an above-the-playoff cutoff comparable point percentage team. That made the game versus the New York Rangers have value as a measurable one competition-wise, and they came up just short. It still says St. Louis are also right there with those teams. St. Louis is a playoff-caliber team, but are they cup contender quality? That's not a roster per se question. It is, to me, an execution to St. Louis playing to its identity against the top-tier teams. That, if we think of the previous four games, was a home-and-home split with Cal and a win in Toronto and this New York Ranger loss. Let's say if you imagine a seven-game playoff series, St. Louis versus a good team is going to go the distance, but it's hard to say if they'll come up winning or not. Postseason is two months away, and St. Louis to me is playoff bound, but I'm not quite sure if they are cup contenders like Colorado is. The start of the three-game Eastern Conference portion of the current road trip is a St. Louis 5-3 road loss to the New York Rangers Wednesday. Rangers open scoring after a three-on-one rush saved by St. Louis goalie Villa Huso. Point shot net front rebound goal for the Rangers. Less than two minutes into the second, Rangers Mike Zibanejad clears the puck out of the paint that beat Ranger goalie Igor Shishterkin by St. Louis's Brandon Saad. 7.44 left St. Louis's Pavel Bushnevich breakaway five hole. A lucky sliding back pad of Ranger goalie Shishterkin keeps out. 3.24 left in the middle frame. New York Ranger goal from the goal line to the net side tuck short side. 54 seconds after a St. Louis goal. Backhand sauce pass by Saad to Ryan O'Reilly. Roof going to the net on a two-on-one. A minute seven seconds later. St. Louis goal. Ivan Barbashev off the rush. Low circle far side shell. As a St. Louis defensive zone off the sideboards pass springs them. A minute seven seconds after St. Louis goal, David Perron far side shelf from the slot on a behind the goal line feed from O'Reilly. Three consecutive goals on three St. Louis shots on goal. 3-2 St. Louis through two. 7-27 into the third New York Ranger goal after St. Louis goalie Huso overplays the shooter leading to an open net point shot post and in Rangers goal. Approximately halfway through a New York Ranger power play, they call a timeout 140 past the third's midpoint new york rangers after that timeout get a power play goal off a point shot net front tip shelf 803 to go new york rangers jacob truba gets a clean hit on st louis's jordan Cairo, and Braden shen steps up to fight truba 327 a left in the third st louis get a power play the rangers kill it off and add an empty net goal with a minute 52 seconds left in regulation st louis started the road game strong but
but didn't get rewarded with a goal for the offensive time in the first period. The late three-goal production outburst with two minutes, 14 seconds of time in the second, yet St. Louis didn't bring that momentum into the third. New York Ranger goalie Shesterkin was better than St. Louis goalie Huso, although it totally had a lucky-to-be-better feel by comparison. Huso needs a goal against back on its overplay in what was essentially a one-goal win by New York. The other factor, the New York Rangers went 1-for-2 and St. Louis 0-for-3 on the power play. St. Louis needed to be equal on special teams in a one-goal loss to add to the goal production needed to win. And I say that because of the empty net goal, one-goal game. What shouldn't be lost in this is that the Rangers are an above-the-playoff-line Eastern Conference team. Other than going back to Toronto in late January, St. Louis hasn't played teams point percentage-wise better than they are in the standings otherwise. St. Louis having back-to-backs to finish out the current four-game road trip will most likely allow both goalie Huso and Jordan Bennington to get a start. My initial thought even after the New York Ranger loss is that St. Louis coach Craig Berube will go back to Huso against the Isles Saturday and the next game Sunday in New Jersey play Bennington. The reason is the quality of the goaltending of New Jersey isn't as solid and Huso really is getting the starter games of the rotation usually against the better teams. What is interesting is the takes on what if the playoffs started today as to St. Louis's goalie situation. The playoffs start in two months. All sorts of things can happen in between now and then with any goalie tandem. It's such a throwaway to speculate on that in the present. St. Louis 53 games played, 32 15, 6 record, 70 points second in the central, 660 point percentage, streak, losers of one goal differential, plus 45 St. Louis, as I said last podcast finished the current road trip that they're 1-1-0 on, with two more teams that are stylistically different, that I was wanting to see St. Louis's team identity consistency over the three of these Eastern Conference games so we're still a pod from having the outcome of the three with the New York Ranger game included, plus the Isles and Devils. The expectation to me is that St. Louis would get minimally three of four points to complete the road trip against the Isles and Devils. The other part of the pod, when we look at all four teams below St. Louis right now, does have Minnesota closest to St. Louis, who have struggled, but not to the point where St. Louis could afford to go on a losing streak after having moved now into second in the division. Let's take a breakaway and come back with a lot more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast, after this. The reasons to treat yourself to a frozen drink from Mickey D's go on and on and on. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. Your new flavor craze is here. From sweet and fruity frozen Fanta Wild Cherry to the classic cool of a frozen Coca-Cola to the tasty and tart frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry. Get any size for $1.59. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Your happily ever after is waiting for you in the Chrysler Pacifica and Pacifica Plug-In Hybrid. With available all-wheel drive, Pacifica helps handle adverse conditions like magic. And with a plug-in hybrid, it can help your range anxiety disappear. Make your drive even more enchanted in the Chrysler Pacifica. And watch Disney's Disenchanted, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Rated PG. Disney Plus subscription required. Must be 18 plus to subscribe. EPA estimated 520 mile total range with a fully charged battery. Actual mileage may vary. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Winds of Change in Motion in the Windy City. Friday's 32 Thoughts NHL insider Elliot Friedman was the first to report Chicago GM Kyle Davidson had let go of the VP of Amateur Scouting Mark Kelly and Assistant GM Ryan Stewart, who had both been with the organization 15 years. Nick Yalmerson was honored prior to Chicago playing Edmonton and Duncan Keith's return to Edmonton since being traded in the offseason. Keith and Captain Jonathan Taves returning to the lineup had fun with Yalmerson during the ceremonial puck drop. Yelmerson, a 2005 Chicago fourth-round draft pick, is a three-time Stanley Cup winner with Chicago, where he played from the 2007-8 season to 2016-17, total of 10 seasons, before four more after being traded to Arizona additionally, where he was active up to last season to total 821 regular season career NHL games. The Swedish-born defenseman was regarded as a top defensive defenseman and an analytic starling. Chicago took a 4-3 overtime home win over Pacific Division Edmonton Thursday. Chicago goal, 2.34 into the game off the forecheck. Philip Kurashev finds Sean Lafferty alone net front, who goes skate to stick, forehand five-hole on Edmonton goalie Miko Koskinen. On Chicago's second too-many-men penalty in the first Edmonton power play goal, Leon Dreisaitl from his spot, the low circle, net side, for a one-timer short side with 5.25 to go. 3.27 left, Edmonton's Evan Bouchard joins the Russian rings across crossbar 305 left a Chicago D pinch creates a two-on-one in the offensive zone for a Chicago goal Patrick Kane one-timer short side from the circle on a feed from Dylan Strom. Edmonton Zach Hyman on a delayed trip penalty sells a retaliatory trip penalty on Chicago's Lafferty who he tripped for the teams to play four on four. Edmonton goal with 34 seconds on that four on four play a two-on-one net front five hole driving to the net goal that beats Chicago goalie Marc-Andre Fleury. Two 2-2 after 1. A goalless second and 4.5 and in Edmonton's Keith's point shot through traffic goes off the far side post. 7.28 left Chicago's Calvin DeHaan rings iron. 10 seconds after Edmonton goalie Koskinen makes a big pad save on Chicago's Dominique Kubalik's one-timer off the rush. 2.29 into the third Chicago goal. Kubalik handed a gift in return by Edmonton goalie Koskinen playing the puck up the sidewall from behind the net right to Kubalik so he can wire it far side before before Koskinen can get back into his net. 2.42 left, Chicago goalie flurry pad stop on Edmonton's Bouchard. 50 seconds left in regulation, Edmonton 6-on-5 goal as Chicago can't clear the defensive zone. Along the goal line, the puck is sent net front that it goes off Chicago defenseman DeHaan laying in the crease and goes in far side posting in. 3-3 three three after 3, needing 3-on-3, three three, OT. Edmonton's dry settle takes a penalty for tripping Chicago's Caleb Jones, 59 seconds into overtime. Therefore, for Chicago 4-on-3 power play game-winning goal as Kane goes dot-to-dot to Alex Dabrinkit cross-seam to have his shot blocked by Edmonton defenseman Cody Cece for Chicago's dynamic duel to reset and the second time the Cat puts the winner one-timer shelf for his 30th goal of the year at the 2:23 mark. In addition to Captain Taves returning to the Chicago lineup, forward Tyler Johnson returned as well as defenseman DeHaan and Riley Stillman, a near complement of a full Chicago roster that is worth noting remained without forward Jujar Kara, long-term injured reserve for his back, the former Oiler missing a chance to play against his former team, but did play versus Edmonton in Edmonton, the first game the teams met this season. Chicago probably doesn't win if not for Edmonton's goalie. Maybe they do, but Koskinen's giveaway goal is the only really bad one against in a game that needed OT to decide a winner. Edmonton tied the game on two occasions in the final minute of period.
periods, the first and third. Last-minute period goals against are not the sign of a good team. Not sure I agreed with Chicago's forward lines. I will say the fourth line of Khrushchev, Lafferty, and Ryan Carpenter were rewarded for the compete they displayed all game. While the D pairing suggested Caleb Jones was top four and Jake McCabe was a bottom pair when the game started, time on ice shows McCabe played 21-plus minutes to Caleb's under 16 minutes. And forgive me for my lack of excitement for Stillman's return. It's negligible, I suppose, to vet Eric Gustafson, although Wyatt Kalanick over both of them would be my first choice if we are talking best available lineup with Chicago. Forward Reese Johnson is expected to be practicing towards making a return. That raises the question on whether you would take anyone out to slot him in to the forward group, as Chicago is near full health right now. Hendrick Borkstrom was a healthy scratch versus Edmonton, and so while I didn't like the forward line combos, I did like the forward 12 that did play with Borkstrom out. Teams Borkstrom's better suited to play on than Chicago include Dallas, St. Louis, Columbus, and the team Arizona GM Bill Armstrong is looking to build as where he would find the success he hasn't had or likely will find with Chicago. Chicago even blowing three one-goal leads versus Edmonton held the Pacific Division team to a loser point that helped Central Division wildcard playoff teams out. Chicago winning in regulation would have helped them out more. Chicago 55 games played, 20-27-8 record, 48.7th in the Central, 436 point percentage streak, winners of one, goal differential minus 50. Chicago plays in Philadelphia Saturday afternoon. Philadelphia is just tough to watch play this year. Even recently versus Minnesota and prior St. Louis of the last two Philadelphia games are just yikes. Chicago is home to Tampa on Sunday as on, well, I would say a back-to-back breaker. That's Tampa's next game. They don't play Saturday. Arizona fans had a little in-season Stanley Cup fantasy of winning the final meeting with Colorado, going 2-1-1 in the season series between the teams that actually is Colorado's worst head-to-head to anyone for them so far this year. And if that doesn't tell you more about how Colorado played down to Arizona than anything Arizona did, considering they're the first-place NHL team, you're kidding yourself to think otherwise because Colorado is still first in the NHL and Arizona is still last place in the league point percent wise and point wise even with this win and when Arizona starts losing to playoff bubble teams after knocking off Colorado remember yes Arizona played a good game but Colorado didn't show up for Arizona to steal it it is more about Colorado's lack of compete than anything Arizona actually did Arizona's upset 2-1 home win over Colorado in the Thursday game is summarized in the Colorado segment Louis Erickson's second goal of the year in that game that's feel good I had the lack of celebration he had doing the right things net front when a defender's stick led to a Barrett-Hayton goal in the LA game top of mind a few games back. This at least is a new memory. The lack of goal production was clearly weighing on Erickson. You can talk about playing to build value as an NHL player option, but for both Vancouver trade dumps, Erickson and also Antoine Roussel, those two are fighting to keep a chance to stay and play in the NHL next year. Hard to think there will be any interest 
interest because they haven't really produced or been impactful. Think, if St. Louis's James Neal got a PTO signing to now be in the AHL as a just-in-case-of-injury vet NHLer, how likely are other NHL teams able to find roster spots for Erickson and Roussel even on league minimum deals? Their best chances at a job are with Arizona. And really, Arizona is going to take on other teams' bad contracts to replace those two, not offer them new deals. Arizona's ability for GM Bill Armstrong to take on other bad NHL contracts with a lot of teams up against the cap needing cap flexibility means that he's going to have a lot of options to be able to duplicate what he did this year to make next year's roster. But I'd give GM Bill Armstrong props if he did keep them, not for their playability, but that they are giving it all they've got to stay in the NHL, and it's hard not to root for guys doing that. Arizona, 54 games played, 15-35 for record, 34 points, 8th in the Central, 315 point percentage, which is last in the National Hockey League. Streak winners, 1 goal differential, minus 72. Arizona plays Ottawa Saturday, and to be honest, if Ottawa gets good goaltending and that's hit and miss, they have the ability to score goals. It's always what Ottawa gives up comparative to it that determines whether or not they're going to win on any given night. It's an Ottawa team that plays with speed, and that's something Arizona doesn't do. Thanks for listening to part one of Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm your NHL outsider, Tim Bigelow. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube page for free and follow me at Hockey on Twitter for more. The second part I hope is up prior to Nashville's Saturday game puck drop this afternoon as they're included in part two. So keep an eye out for that later today. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com holiday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.